0: This podcast was sponsored by Mutual Insurance Company of Arizona. MICA is the select provider of medical professional liability coverage for the Maricopa County Medical Society. For more information about MICA, call 602-956-5276 or visit www.mica-insurance.com. I am Dr. Karini Vinales.
1: Born member of the Maricopa County Medical Society and an Associate Program Director for the Endocrinology Fellowship Program of the University of Arizona College of Medicine Phoenix. Welcome to our Arizona Physician Podcast. It was me with all the reasons that people come involved. My family was supportive. My grandfather had been an advocate for this, this control. And then when I headed south for my internship. I saw the white only sign south of the Mason-Dixon line, and the hospitals were so polluted with smoke, much like the VA hospital where I got a lot of my clinical training in Minnesota. And so those were my dreams.
2: Hi, and welcome to the Arizona Physician Podcast. My name is John McElligot, your host for today's episode. The Arizona Physician Podcast is brought to you by the Maricopa County Medical Society, a strong collective voice for physicians which traces its history back to 1892. And today our guests are Dr. Leland Fairbanks and Dr. Eric Aros, Osowski. They're with Arizona's concern about smoking and have been physicians working in Arizona for many years. We wanted to speak with them today about what's happening for anti-tobacco programs in Arizona, how it impacts physicians, and a call to action for physicians with some additional guidance and resources for physicians listening to this podcast. First to you, Dr. Fairbanks, could you please describe your background in medicine? What was your specialty and how did you get into medicine? Where did you practice?
0: Well,
1: thank you. I'm the old country doctor now working with the Indians. And that was my original dream as a young person, living in Minnesota with the Indians and American nations of native health, that had been pushed off their land, I wanted to reach out and show we could work together. So I went with my internship to the U.S. Public Health Service because they had the U.S. Public Health Service service connection with Native Americans. So after my internship in New Orleans, I came to Minnesota with my first assignment at the Parker, Arizona, Preservation, uh, Colorado
3: River preservation. That was my assignment in well. Excellent. And Dr. Osesky, how about yourself, sir? So I'm. I'm also from Minnesota, and I did a family medicine residency there. And I, I was fortunate to uh, during my residency, I went to Alaska and worked with the Alaska natives for part of one summer, and I really uh, enjoyed what I was doing, and I. Thought I might like to, uh, do that longer. So I was looking for an Indian health service site for different cultural experience, different personal experience, different medical experience. And I, and I went from the freezer to the fryer. So I ended up in Arizona as well. I joined the Indian health service. I spent, um, 34 years with the Indian health service in Arizona and associated, uh, facilities. And, and I've spent the last six years with, uh, Circle the City as a volunteer and St. Vincent de Paul as a volunteer and a volunteer at the University of Arizona School of Medicine, uh, Phoenix, College of Medicine, Phoenix.
2: Okay, thank you. So the Indian Health Service both brought you to the state of Arizona and you've been involved with uh, family medicine and and the Indian health community for many decades now. What have you seen uh, throughout your career? Has there been an uptick in access to care for American Indians and Alaska Natives, uh, especially the American Indians who are living in in Arizona. Have you seen uh, access to care and the quality of care improve during your careers and what you see today?
1: Well, Dr. Ossowski can probably speak to that having been the leading opponent of total care at the Phoenix Indian Medical Center for many years but I've kind of moved around, and I've seen in the rural areas, it's still not very good access. But we're reaching people more and more as time goes on. So I think we can say yes, we're we're reaching out. We believe, and I've been on the urban and in. Community clinics board for fifteen years after leaving the Indian Health Service, and their outlook is culturally relevant, mind, body, spirit, total care for everybody of all ages, and nobody's left out.
3: Thank you, Dr. Rosasky. Anything to add? Um, yes, I think the I think the care has improved over the decades that we've been with the Indian Health Service that it, it needs to continue to improve further. The the amount of funding, uh, the funding sources per capita for the Indian Health Service was much less than the, the military, the veteran system, and even the prison system in the United States. So Indian Health Service always uh, tried to do more with less and, and, and uh, did as much preventative health as they possibly could with the limited resources that they had. So it's improved, but it still needs to improve more as, as, you, as the COVID-19 has, has demonstrated recently.
2: Exactly. Well, I need to ask that question, gentlemen, because of your backgrounds, and I would be remiss in Arizona to not ask about quality of care and access to care for the American Indians who are, who are neighbors and friends. But gentlemen, a lot of this discussion we want to focus on anti-tobacco programs. So, Dr. Fairbanks, to you first, why did you become so involved with anti-tobacco programs? Uh, Was it because of your patients or something in the community that you were seeing?
1: Well, it was me with all the reasons that people come involved. My family was supportive, my grandfather had been an advocate for this, this control, and then when I headed south for my internship, I saw the white only sign south of the mason Dixon line, and the hospitals were so polluted with smoke, much like the VA hospital, where I got a lot of my clinical training in Minnesota. And so those were my dreams.
2: Dr. Rosowski, what led you to become so involved with anti-tobacco programs?
3: Well, so, um Looking at my own experience, uh, my father died of uh, tobacco related illnesses when I was a teenager. He was a World War II veteran and I'm sure got hooked on tobacco during the war and, you know, as, a, as it was given to all the vets at the time. And uh, people didn't know better at the time. Um, I came to Arizona and I, I had a similar experience with the Veterans Hospital, like Dr. Fairbanks said. I remember working on a pulmonary ward or pul- the pulmonary section. And the pink ladies were giving out packages of cigarettes to the to older veterans in the hospital on the ward that had chronic lung disease that seemed, always seemed crazy to me. At any rate, so when I, when I came to Phoenix, uh, I eventually met Dr. Fairbanks, worked together for a number of years, and, and it became apparent, you know, as a physician, I can help an, one individual at a time. But working with an organization, I might be able to help more people than you know than just one at a time if I worked with some group. And and that's why I joined the Arizona's, uh, Arizona's Concerned About Smoking.
2: For the listeners, could you summarize the mission and the strategy of Arizona's Concerned About Smoking?
3: So, um, first, if I can show you this shirt. Uh, the uh, let me just
2: tell for the listeners, since uh, the audio component of this, your T-shirt has... The no smoking sign with uh, ACASINC.org, so ACASInc.org, and then at uh, education, advocacy, and activism.
3: Yes, excellent. And then, um, like our, our main strategies right now, are, are the, some of the things that are listed on that, uh, on that board that Dr. Fairbanks has that I, I can't read from this, my yeah. angle. I don't know if you can it- either.
2: It does look like uh, ongoing projects, uh, smoke-free cars with children, amending tobacco policies to include e-cigarettes, smoke-free multi-unit housing, tobacco-free campuses for all health and educational facilities, including uh, secondhand smoke, showing that secondhand smoke kills. Uh, Number five, raise tobacco purchase age to 21 statewide, smoke-free U.S. military service facilities, smoke-free workplaces for protecting all workers and patrons with no exceptions. And a final priority, special focus on preventing youth addiction,
3: prevention, education, and treatment. So I would say that's a good summary of our present strategy.
2: We'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll speak with Dr. Rosowski. And uh, if you can join us again, we'll we'll speak with Dr. William Fairbanks about the current status of smoking in Arizona, uh, what's going on with vaping, and a call to action. We'll be right back.
0: This podcast was sponsored by Mutual Insurance Company of Arizona, the select provider of medical professional liability coverage for the Maricopa County Medical Society. As a physician-led mutual, MICA has been Arizona's choice for medical professional liability insurance for nearly 45 years. We provide value to members with superior claims handling and exceptional risk management programs. Call us today for a quote, or visit our website to learn more about MICA's premium coverage options and outstanding service. 602-956-5276, or www.mica-insurance.com. Bureau of Medical Economics has been servicing the account collection needs of the medical community since 1951, with nearly 70 years of experience in this industry and proven results. We proudly consider our clients, your practice, an invaluable business partner. There is no obligation and no upfront cost. Please give us a call at 602-252-3469 for more information.
2: Dr. Fairbanks, if we could go back to a question, I wanted to ask you about the the mission and strategy of Arizona's concern about smoking. Could you talk about the programs that are going on right now with ACAS?
1: tend to be in the office and get a plan for what's the item special for the week and work on that. And right now we're reaching out on the Tobacco 21 project, trying to get all of the uh, sale of Tobacco Limited to page 21. We've already been working with various communities and no um, smoking in cars with kids. Our executive director has been leading the effort through the Lung Association and other groups for the smoke-free housing units and condominiums for the drifting smoke. And we are getting calls from our Native American friends about opening up the casinos after the close downs of the pandemic to open smoke-free, and there's... A huge number that have followed that lead. So that's kind of the projects we have been emphasizing right now. And, of course, we're very delighted to hear that the VA hospitals have gone almost uh, smoke-free. At least they're getting rid of the smoking in the hospital. I'm not sure they're getting rid of the chewing tobacco.
2: Okay, great. And is the mission of the organization to get rid of smoking... Statewide in all forms? What's the overall goal of Arizona's concern about smoking?
1: Yes, we, we um, go back and I, I pardon me for going back to the surgeon generals of the U.S. Public Health Service, but in 1984, when we had the U.S. Public Health Service Symposium here in Arizona, Dr. Everett Koop spoke on. Smoke Free Society. That was our pledge. And we had a big sign up behind him that said, Arizonans are concerned about smoking. We welcome the Surgeon General. And he told me he was gonna make that claim that we we're gonna just get rid of all tobacco products in public at least. And I said, you may be fired over that because we understand there's a lot of pressure against you. Because you was already said that down at the American Law Association meeting in Miami Beach. But he says, if you believe it, you say it. And if I get fired, that's my risk. But I'm standing with you. You stand with me. So we are pledged. And on our deathbed, the founder of Arizona's Concerned About Smoking wanted us no longer going for separate smoking and non-smoking in the same building. We go for total
0: clean air
1: throughout the building. That was our pledge to our founding member, Betty Carnes. We were going to go for it all. Thank you.
2: Yeah, that's, that's a very noble mission, and you've made quite considerable progress over the years. Gentlemen, I wanted to ask you, what is the current status of smoking in Arizona
3: today? So if I can answer that, and and all of this information I got from the Tobacco uh, for Kids website because they're they're pretty current on all these things, it was sometime earlier this year. So amongst high school uh, high school age students in Arizona, about 7.1 percent of those kids smoke of kids in all the high schools. High school students in Arizona that use e-cigarettes is 16.1%, more than twice as much using e-cigarettes. And the adult smoking rate in uh, Arizona is 14%. Now, this is a big, big improvement over what happened when we went through medical training in the 60s and the 70s and even the 80s, the amount of people that smoked in America, especially adults. So that's been a significant improvement. It's continued to go down. Uh, what's what's become a problem is the e-cigarettes. The rate has gone way up amongst teenagers and high school students, and we do not think that e-cigarettes are safe. We think they're much more likely to make people addicted, and, and then there'll be future tobacco smokers. So we don't think uh, e-cigarettes are the answer to this. And so they're in some... Um, High schools in, in this state and other state, it's a- epidemic almost. There's more than like 27, and the average in the United States is 27% for high school students that use electronic cigarettes at this point in time. So, so there's, a, there's a lot of room for improvement in the, in the e-cigarette uh, area. Anything that you inhale other than clean air into your lungs is, is not gonna be good for your body. And so, and any chemicals that go along with that that are heated, that you you combust, you burn, or you heat to a high temperature there's other side chemicals that are formed that are other toxins that are like formaldehyde and arsenic and other kinds of things that that get into that that in the burning process that you inhale those chemicals too, and they cause damage it It was hoped by by many, including the companies that maybe this would be a way for other people to quit smoking, but it turns out it 's probably not the there are more people that end up smoking because they used e-cigarettes or vaping than, than people that like stop cigarette smoking. There are some that have converted from use use of tobacco to the e-cigarettes, but more, there are more going the other way.
2: Okay. Gentlemen, you're both physicians. So is there a call to action that you could share with fellow physicians listening or other people who are healthcare professionals Why should they get involved with anti-smoking efforts and, and how do they do so?
1: Just yesterday, I got the journal of the American Medical Association and Surgeon General Jerome Adams has a nice article there about physicians getting involved and so there could be no higher calling for the organizations at third positions in the Journal of the American Medical Association. The Maricopa County Medical Society gave me real push to do what I was doing to start with the smoke-free hospital effort. And they encouraged me to do a survey of all the hospitals and how much smoking was going on, check with physicians, and they said there was a need and we're going with you and we'll all go together.
2: That's a great point. You can go farther when you go together. Dr. Osowski, how about yourself, sir? What, what call to action would you share and what can
3: you add to what Dr. Fairbanks had just mentioned? Well, I want to say, like, like I mentioned before, um, we as individual physicians, you know, we interact with our patients and our clients. And, but when you work with an organization, sometimes you can, you can help more people in a quicker amount of time.
2: Well, the Maricopa County Medical Society is, will be working with Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids and Arizona's Concerned About Smoking and many other organizations for the uh, Phoenix anti-vaping efforts. So that's one example for physicians listening. If you'd like to participate somehow or have your voice heard, reach out to the Maricopa County Medical Society, contact us, and you can get involved. Gentlemen, I really can't thank you enough for your time today, uh, for your years of leadership on issues of fighting tobacco in Arizona and bringing so many well-known organizations like these together. Dr. Leland Fairbanks, Dr. Eric Wasowski, thank you for your time. Thank you for being on the Arizona Physician Podcast. Thank you very much, John.
1: Thank you. And we're standing behind you and your great effort that you're putting forward. Founded in
0: 1892, Maricopa County Medical Society is a strong, collective physician voice.
3: Thank you for
1: listening to the Arizona Physician Podcast.